0: Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Well, this is an exciting episode because hopefully by the end of it, I will have given you some ways to reduce your workload and to claw back some time. At the very least, I hope you will have some light bulb moments. I'm big on streamlining and automation because it has been the only way that I was able to unlock the time constraint that was stopping me from expanding and growing my business. Also, it had got to the point where I was working an unsustainable number of hours. Over the years, I've tried so many things, and because I'm always on a quest to make things more efficient, I continue to try different solutions. So the best way I can share loads of ideas with you is by explaining the kind of things that I have tried. Some have been for free, and some have cost me money. My aim is to at least give you a springboard for ideas that you can shape and mould to fit your situation and budget. At the end of this episode, I'll also run through three things that I, in hindsight, would have done differently. One thing I will say though, before I start making suggestions, is when it comes to choosing apps, always map your requirements out first. So this is how you intend to use it and what you need it to be able to do. If you just go by my or anyone else's recommendations, you risk using something that forces you to mold your requirements around the app instead of finding one that fits your specific needs. I decided I wanted to change things up around the end of 2018. In addition to -to one-to-one tuition, I wanted to run courses, launch group classes, sell resources, and launch my second business to support other education businesses like I'm doing now. It was great that I knew what I wanted, but I was in a tricky situation that a lot of people find themselves in. I was at full capacity for tutoring, and I relied on that income. Outside of the delivery of my lessons, I spent time on creating invoices, checking which invoices matched the money paid into my bank, chasing clients if needed for payment, and creating social media content. I didn't have any spare time to embark on new ventures, let alone having any thinking time to really map out what I wanted them to look like. It was a catch-22, how would I find this time without reducing my income? But if I didn't find the time, how would I grow? So with a very limited budget, the first thing I tackled was how I was invoicing and taking payments. I came across an app called Wave Accounting, which was and still is free to use. And by the way, I've listed all the apps I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. At the time, not only was Wave good for automating the invoicing process, but it was great for taking automatic payments. So all someone had to do was enter their card details or save their card details for money to be debited any time I raised an invoice. And this is where I spent my first bit of money. I used and continue to use Stripe as my payment gateway. They take a small fee for each transaction, but for me, it's worth it for the amount of time and headache it has saved. And a huge perk was that it made my yearly accounts easy because I had an automatic log of my earnings, the fee that Stripe took, and all I added manually were additional expenses. It was so much better and looked more professional than putting an invoice together manually and using Excel to record everything. Although this didn't save me enough time for me to start embarking on my other projects, it was one less thing for me to do, which released some pressure. It gave me that thinking time. And that's so important when you're developing a business. And because of the automatic payment facility, it also saved me time from chasing parents. Automatic reminders were sent out and it took me seconds to see who had or hadn't paid. The next thing I looked at was how I was working. I was emailing homework to students who were emailing homework back, and I can't even remember where I made my lesson notes. I knew that that wasn't an efficient way of doing things, so I started to use Google Classroom, which again costs nothing and is something I still use for a lot of my students. As well as reducing the homework admin, it gave students a private online space. It allowed parents to have access to what we were learning and it meant that I no longer had those last minute emails asking me for the Zoom link for their lesson. All the information was in one place and I realised that this was actually a value add to my service, which helped me with my next and important thing. I increased my fees, which helped me work less, which tangibly released time that I could actually spend working on new projects. This is something I mentioned in my episode about creating your own business blueprint. And what I did was, as well as increasing my prices, I also rescheduled lessons so that my week was more efficient. I went from teaching five days a week to three. Just through this, I released two days and earned more money. So at this stage, not only did I release time, but the additional money gave me real options to invest which I knew I needed to do if I wanted to expand my business in a way that didn't mean me working all hours. In fact, when Wave stopped providing automatic payments for UK customers, it gave me the budget to invest in an accounting system. The one I currently use is Zero, but I am looking at Zoho Books. So I'd managed to release time, earn more and work less, and also provide a more professional service. And interestingly, here's what happened. Suddenly, I was seeing a surge of new inquiries that came solely through word of mouth. I realized that through streamlining and automation, I wasn't only giving myself a better experience, but I was giving my clients a better experience of working with me. My quality of teaching hadn't changed, but that was for students. Parents were the ones dealing with the admin side of things, and they benefited from this professional approach. Now, I could have stopped there, but I wanted to tighten up one more thing how I was onboarding clients, and you might have noticed that the pattern thus far was that I was specifically tackling repetitive tasks, things I was doing over and over again. And having seen the benefits of streamlining and giving clients a more professional experience, I chose to create a welcome pack for each client. I kept it simple, where I only had to change one detail per welcome pack, the students' Google Classroom link. I later added to this by adding parents to complete a quick Google form, again free, which sent information to my accounts package that saved me time from entering their details or chasing for specific information. I'll talk about how I connected the apps in a minute, but I know a lot of tutors get contracts signed. I didn't want that backing and forthing, so instead, my opening line in my terms and conditions is, when you pay for my services, you agree to my terms and conditions. Now, in my business, I use a lot of automation, and for it to really work, I need my apps to talk to one another. For instance, when someone enrolls into my group class, they press a button on my website and that takes them to the checkout. They pay, and that payment is logged in my accounts package. But they're also automatically sent a series of emails for which I use ConvertKit. The way I make these apps talk to one another is by using an app called Zapier. I'm not sure how this is pronounced, but I'll say Zapier for now. This essentially allows you to say, when something happens in one app, I want this to happen in another. Zapier has different price points depending on how many zaps happen per month. Zaps are just those messages that are sent between apps. And while there are alternatives, I'm still on the hunt for something that does exactly what I need it to do. So for now I'm sticking to Zapier. So, so far I used Wave Accounting for free to automate invoices, but now I use Xero so that I can take automatic payments through Stripe. I use Google Classroom for my one-to-one and mini group classes, which is also free. I have streamlined my onboarding process by stating that people agree to my terms and conditions when they pay for services, sending them a welcome pack and by using Google Form to set up their details on my accounting software. I use ConvertKit for automated emails, which is ideal for email marketing, so things like sending newsletters and so on. You can use it for free, but obviously if you pay for it, you unlock more options. And I use Zapier to make all my apps talk to one another. So to decide on what you need to use and how you need to use it, here's an idea of what you can do. Create a flowchart for each process you want to streamline or automate. Here's an example. A customer's journey may start with them getting in touch with you. Decide where they're likely to get in touch. Would it be on social media? Would it be via email? And how you want them to book time to speak to you. For this, I use Calendly, which is a scheduling app. It connects to my calendar so I can set which times I'm available. It allows me to gather important information before our call or our meeting. And if I want, I can also link it to ConvertKit to send automatic emails and to take Stripe payments. So this is useful if like me, you don't want to be going back and forth with someone to figure out when you're both free and if you don't want to publish your phone number. So once they get in touch with you, what happens next? How do you want to follow up that call? Perhaps you want to wait a few days before you send them an email, reminding them of what they can do next. You can do this in Calendly itself or use an email marketing app like ConvertKit. But if you don't have the budget to invest in these apps, although you can still use Calendly for free with some restrictions, you could always prepare a one-page information sheet that you quickly send all prospective clients. So when that person becomes a client, what do you need to do next? What information do you need to gather and how do you currently gather it? If you're doing it manually, you could use a free online form like Google Forms to collect what you need fast. So you get the picture. Once you create this flowchart, you can interrogate it to find areas you can streamline and areas you can automate. Another good idea for streamlining, whether or not you intend to hire someone into your business, is to create manuals for different tasks. I learned this when I was backed into a corner. I wanted to launch upgrade your education business, but I knew I needed someone to help me. There was no way I would be able to keep up with all the activities needed to run my tuition business and take on more for a new one. And I had automated everything that I could, but I couldn't see how anyone else could do the things I was doing, especially because things like my social media posts are so subject specific. But when I sat down and created manuals, I realized just how much I could delegate. And in the process, it automatically streamlined my activities. Now I delegate most of my tutoring related content to my team. It's still subject specific. I still review the content, but I don't have to spend time creating it. I just focus my energy on creating content for upgrade your education business. And you can't even tell when I stopped creating content and when my team member started. So creating manuals is time-consuming, but a very valuable exercise. So in our businesses, we have to spend something. We either spend time or we spend money. But fortunately, there is an in-between because as I've shared, there are some free apps that save you time. Now, a lot of us educators want to create passive income streams like selling resources or creating memberships. And for this... I would thoroughly recommend investing in an LMS, a learning management system. This is a hard one for me to deep dive into through a podcast, but if that's the direction you want to go, it's a good idea to do some research. The one I use is Thinkific. There are so many more on the market and many WordPress users use LearnDash. However, as I mentioned at the start, mapping your requirements is very, very important. If I had gone with recommendations, I either would have gone with LearnDash or Kajabi, and neither of them would have been right for me. I would have ended up spending more money than I needed to. For instance, I need something that's generous with the number of videos I can upload. I spoke to LearnDash about this, and they admitted that this is an area which would create cost creep. And so Thinkific was far more cost effective for how I use the platform. If you want some help with mapping out your needs or any ideas about learning management systems, reach out and book a free call with me and I'll help you. The link to do this is in the show notes. So as I prepare to wrap up this episode, I wanted to share three things I didn't do very well in the first time around so that you can be proactive instead of reactive like I was. Firstly, I stubbornly decided that the way I was creating invoices was good enough, the way I was recording my income and expenses on Excel was good enough, but I didn't think about my clients. Sure, it may have worked and it didn't hamper my business as such, but by making their payments easier, allowing them to keep records of invoices without trawling through emails, they had a much better experience of working with me. And the time and money that I released or earned could be reinvested in making things even better for them or creating more services or products to support them. The second mistake I made was that I didn't invest money into certain apps or into hiring people soon enough. I ended up really stressed and desperate for help. And of course, that's the worst time to need more time to look into those things and to get them set up. Now, before I launch anything, I get the systems and staff in place, even if it means spending money before I start making money from that launch. And don't get me wrong, I know you need to have some kind of budget to be able to do this. But as I mentioned earlier, releasing time through streamlining and automation, which doesn't have to cost money, allowed me to make this extra money to reinvest. It's a cycle, really. And the third and final mistake that I made was not looking at my processes soon enough, because when you're busy, it doesn't feel like a problem. But when things start to go really well, it gets stressful because you're not working efficiently. And the reason why I wished I had done it sooner was because transitioning clients to a new way of doing things was a hassle. For instance, even though we enter our card details all the time to make payments, my clients really struggled to move from bank transfers to this. Once they gained momentum, it was no problem, and new clients never struggle with it. But people don't like change. So if you can plan your processes and get systems in place early, it means you don't have to support clients through multiple changes. So they are three things that I've learned from, and I do things very differently now. But one thing I did well was I thoroughly researched apps before deciding which ones to go for. When I'm looking for a new app, I watch demos, I read reviews, I watch comparison videos, and I always sign up for free trials. And that way I can make sure that the systems I choose will definitely work for me. So I hope that I've been able to give you lots of ideas of how you can buy back or claw back time to improve your efficiency and to unlock business growth. Next week, Ludo Miller from Qualified Tutor is joining me for a discussion all around building communities in our business. And this is something that has been key to my tutor business growth. For instance, a couple of years ago, I launched three group classes all in one go. I was accepting 15 students per class and they got fully booked. And the reason that happened was because I had created communities for parents through Facebook groups, but that's not the only way to do it. And Ludo does it differently, which is why I invited him to share some ideas. So you'll hear from me next week, but in the meantime, thank you for listening.